You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the Harry Potter Book Club for the Half-Blood Prince with... Sarah Tompkins. Majaya Shreshta. And I'm Michael DeMauro. This week, we discuss Chapter 16, A Very Frosty Christmas. We talk about the history of magic in North America from the 14th to the 17th century, and the battle for the Quizage Cup continues. Uh, Michael is leading with 12 points. Oh, oh, oh. Apparently Ten. unpopularly. Sarah has nine. Oh, nine. Oh, That's like a lot less than him. <laughs> it is a little bit, yeah. Uh, Bajai has seven. Boo. <laughs> it's because he got that I thought I had two. Right. Yeah, all right. I will what say was the this. ridiculous one that he had? It was Harvard Chortley. It was the first one. It was Harvard Chortley. Okay, it was two of them. And then, oh, 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 okay, that's fine. Herbert Chorley. I put yeah. that in there because I knew none of you would get it. That name is, like, ingrained in my brain now. <laughs> that kind of rhymes. She wakes up, it's like Rosebud. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> you think carcass, and then you think... Okay. Garg. Okay. Garg. All right. So, so who's going first? Uh, he's leading, so we go first. Okay. Yes, the two of us, because we're losers. So, do you have your noise ready? Mine is whatever lives, comes out of my it mouth. Lives deep in, it lives deep in my soul. Whoa. It is part of me. Wait, do we need to introduce ourselves? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm Bajaya. I'm Sarah. I'm Michael. And we're, you're a wizard, Harry. Uh, and I feel like if you're here, you probably know that. But I also feel not. like branding-wise, you should probably say that. We should probably yeah, say that before we start. We're a Harry Potter podcast. We're a Harry Potter podcast. This, this is, is Megan. Megan. My best friend. <laughs> Hello, everyone. But apparently there is no collusion going on between the two of them. You know, because I've asked you for seven points. They did share. <laughs> wow. They did share. I was like, they did share my head last night. Um, but yeah, I have so, asked her for <laughs> questions many times today, and she has not challenged me. This is our, this is Mitch, our editor. Yeah, this is our annual Quizich Cup. We always do Quizich. We do half of it beforehand, live. and then now uh, we streaming. have half of it live. Yeah, yeah, streaming and then live. Well, live both live. times, but like streaming and then in, in person. person, you can actually see me be very frustrated or be very embarrassed or just give up. Um, this year, though, this Quizich Cup is was my idea when we started. Potter pod, and I have regretted it ever since. <laughs> I think you hate it the most. Yeah. Everyone. I will say that I did win it. I, so you say this. I won it the first year. I have not won it since. I'm the person who's won it the least, which is fine. I'm okay with that. We're tied. Uh, tied. Those two have two. I've won. But I will say that I kept that Quizich cup for mm-hmm. at least a year or two. Mm-hmm. And when Michael won the second time, I did call a bakery and say, what did I say? I said, like, 
It was Congratulations. rude. It was, like, it was like, congratulations, or no, it was like, congratulations, dumbass, or something, or it was like... Yeah. She sent it to my office. I sent it to his office. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman was like, what? And I was like, oh, he just, it was a special thing. No worries. So anyway, but... I do want to say one thing. I had to put my dog down on Wednesday, so if they don't let me win... Oh my god. Vagina Shrestha! That is shameful! Kobe, Kobe, no, Kobe would want me to win! I will say, like, like, Kobe's like... <laughs> he's Kobe's like, yeah. Kobe would want me to win. Come on. Come on, guys. Give me it! Give me it! Give me it! Okay. So, that said... Let's no go. remorse. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's go. Okay. All right, so if anyone has not come to this before, either we do this section in Jeopardy format. Um, the points don't actually mean the points that they get. <laughs> this They're is the game where points. the points don't matter. Yeah, it's <laughs> everything's made up. Great. Um, but it's really just an indication of how hard the question is. So, oh, no. all right, you, you ready? And by the way, Megan makes all these up because she's a rock star. It's and awesome. I get to do Harry Potter homework, okay. which is the dream of my life. <laughs> you get to choose because you're oh. yeah, you're you're the person. Oh. I'm the person. Place. She's in last place. I was trying to be nice. Stop it! Sorry, I should not have. Played. I have more than two points. Um, I'll do creatures for two hundred. For two hundred, all right. Sounds awesome. Ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. What creatures were placed by Voldemort to live in the lake and protect the Horcrux? <laughs> in Harry. Woo! Yes. Got another point! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You get to go against Michael. I know. Beat him. Did you say in a fairy? Yeah. There I <laughs> Do we want to introduce the categories? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi. Good job, this person. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. God, I'm the worst. Uh, one is creatures, people, places, magical objects, spells, and potions is one. Um, miscellaneous because... Because, potpourri. Um, yeah, potpourri. And then Slug Club is the last one. Anal bone. Slug Club. It's a thing in the book sex, yeah. Miscellaneous. All right. Uh, slug All of the... Oh, Slug Club. Slug oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll just slug club, slug club for 200, please, quiz Are you two? Yes. Which Gryffindor is a member of the Slug Club and attends Slughorn's Christmas party with Hermione? Ding, ding, ding. Michael. McClagan. Didn't remember. Sorry. He's the worst person in that whole book. He's so annoying. He is annoying. I'm sorry. So is Michael. It's but the fine. actor that played him. This is my favorite panel of the year. <laughs> Where you just get you just get needled. Just just... I feel like it's like. <laughs> Chapter 16, A Very Frosty Christmas. So, uh, Ron is just flabbergasted that Snape was offering to help Malfoy. He can't believe it, but he does believe it, but he can't believe it. I get that. That's pretty much the constant state of living these days. Yeah. Uh, So, they're back at the burrow, and the boys are peeling sprouts, and... uh, and so this is, we, I, I don't know if we, I think we learned this here that uh, if you break an unbreakable vow, you die. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's bad. That's not good. And uh, 
because Fred and George almost got Ron to make uh, an unbreakable unbreakable vow when he was little (laughs) and boy did they get in trouble i realize that's a very serious Uh. thing but it's that's a hilarious (laughs) joke (laughs) we almost killed our little brother that's something little kids would do um i wonder what the wonder what the vow was for they never say it's probably like i will never Uh, fart or something like that yeah i will never do it that's not possible he doesn't know Um, he's a dumb kid so fred and george uh, as if on cue show up and they they give Ron a whole bunch of shit about Lavender Brown. They're like, "What happened to her? Did she get a did she have a traumatic injury to her brain?" Um, and uh, Ron throws his sprout knife at them. <laughs> <laughs> but just a little because uh, you know they the 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 young lads uh, they're not old enough to do magic, so they have to resort you know, to do knives and. Right, but you know, Fred just like flicks his wand, and the knife turns into a paper airplane. It's really ineffective. Can he turn um, it back? That's like an appliance that Mrs. Weasley can no longer use now. That's true. That's true. And Mrs. Weasley is not happy about it. Uh, she walks in just as the knife is getting thrown, so she's pretty peeved. Um, and y'all, Percy is not coming home for what? Christmas. It's not, it's not sad. Mrs. Weasley is very sad. Well, he's a Bad person. He is a bad person. So he's still her Harry, baby. He'll so always Harry, be my baby. <laughs> Harry can't get off this whole Malfoy Snape thing, and so he's going to tell Dumbledore anyone else who will listen uh, ASAP. And uh, but they do both, you know, discuss how okay. So what everyone else is going to say is that Snape isn't actually trying to help Malfoy. Um, he's just trying to figure out what he's doing. But we all know trying to figure out what Malfoy's doing. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, trying to figure out what Malfoy's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, So everybody uh, gets together to listen to the wireless, and uh, because old Celestina Warbeck is uh, is singing, and Mrs. Weasley uh, loves Mm -hmm. her. Everyone else does not. Uh, Pretty much everyone is bored. They're like playing Exploding Snap and uh, all this stuff. It's it's. Fleur is just like loudly talking mm. and uh man Mrs. Weasley keeps turning the radio up but no well, avail um no avail so so Mr. Weasley and and Harry have a little aside and uh Mr. Weasley basically is like yeah the ministry's getting nowhere and they haven't really stand Shunpike yet and they haven't made any real arrests and uh and it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal um and so Harry tells Mr. Weasley about Malfoy and Snape, and sure enough, uh, they're like, yeah, he's probably just pretending to help. <laughs> and Harry's like, oh, I said that like three paragraphs ago. <laughs> um, and then like Lupin has just been listening in, and uh, he breaks in. He's like, like, I trust Dumbledore, therefore I trust Snape, or I trust Severus, because he calls him Severus, and it's really alarming. And, uh, and and Lupin's like, I don't like or dislike Severus. Uh, and Harry's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, he made me the Wolvesbane potion and kept me healthy. And Harry's like, dog, he outed you as a werewolf and got you fired. Wow, you, like, you just said dog to a werewolf. So. <laughs> That's yeah, offensive. It's funny. <laughs> it's not offensive. Oh, they love it. <laughs> Um, you know, I was like, oh, I would have, I would have gotten outed eventually anyway, which to me, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. He should choose um, 
he should choose how he wants to be wants to come out as a werewolf. Right. So Lupin has been he like he actually looks worse than he always does, which I feel like every time they introduce Lupin, they're like he looks worse than he used <laughs> Poor to. Lupin. Uh, which is kind <laughs> of a bummer. Look like dog shit. He looks worse than dog shit now. <laughs> Don't say it. Werewolf looks like dog shit. <laughs> come on. We did just come go on. over Sarah. this. Uh, Sarah can, though, because she also played a werewolf in um, uh, Wintercrest. That's true. So I know how werewolves feel. She's one of her best friends is a werewolf. (laughs) Um, So so Lupin has actually been living with the werewolves. That's why he looks so bad and hasn't been all the right hairy. And um, pretty much the werewolves are all about the old Voldemort. Uh, They think they're going to have a better life with him. And uh, Fenrir Greyback is like, we deserve blood. We're going to take over the wizards. And uh, and he does that. He, he, his whole plan is bite children. <laughs> it's a, it's, I mean, it's a very simple, straightforward plan. Yeah. Bite them young and, and, and you know, raise them as werewolves. Um, and we find out here that uh, he's actually the one who bit Lupin. How uh, old is Greyback? Pretty old, I guess. As Lupin's no spring chicken. Although, but, um, in the movies, they always look older. Theoretically, like, they... Okay, so, we I know we've talked about this before, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but... So, Lily and James had Harry when they were pretty young. Like, they were early 20s, right? Yeah. So, if he's, right. like, 15, Lupin's maybe only in his, like, late 30s, early 40s, right? True. That's yep. true. And we but- know that's very old, right, Michael? Shut up. But if and if Grayback was like twenty, that means he's only what like sixty. That's back. Hey, hey everybody, hey everybody. That's back when he was called uh, uh, Brownback. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. It's not even good. <laughs> In the movies, they definitely maybe didn't cast it right because the guy that plays Grayback looks younger than Lupin. Mm, yeah, that's true. In the movies, do they talk? Do they like even reference that he's the one who turned Lupin? I don't remember. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, so yeah, so Lupin. Uh, that's that's how Lupin got. Uh, Lupin's dad like insulted him or something. So so Greyback made sure Greyback when he transforms like makes sure that he's near his near potential victims, uh, which is pretty rude if you ask Not me. Not very nice. Not very it is nice. planning ahead though. Uh, you gotta admire the foresight. So Harry, Harry uh, asked Lupin about the Half Blood Prince, but it's pretty much a dead end. He's never heard of the Half Blood Prince, and and like, and Harry's like, uh, "What about my dad?" And he's like, "No, no one's the Half Blood Prince. I don't know what that is." Shut up. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, "Why don't you, do you even look at the book to see when it was printed?" And, and Harry's like, "Duh, I'm so stupid." Um, that doesn't help that much. So, well, he goes and well, I mean, like, what if it was like, what if it wasn't the Half Blood Princes originally? What if he like got it from his mom or something? Um, anyway, that was just a that's just a guess. Um, I don't know what you're so, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Harry goes and he looks, and sure enough, the book was printed nearly fifty years ago. So couldn't have been, couldn't have been anyone from from his dad's time. Wink, wink. It could have absolutely been. What? No. Because weren't you listening? Yeah, but text it was from fifty years ago. But textbooks, like I swear, the textbooks I had were like printed in the sixties. Look, 
Sarah, just because Harry has this used book that is lent to him doesn't mean that other people have ever used it, except for the one Sarah, person. Okay, true. Um, so they go to sleep Christmas morning. Ron wakes up and he's gotten a, a lovely package from his best gal, Lavender. And it's a hideous gold necklace that says my sweetheart on it. Mm. And Ron is horrified. Um, he's like, oh, God, Fred and George. Ah! He, he just can't even imagine what, what terror he has in store for him. So he hides that shit immediately. And Harry gets his normal, uh, you know, set of presents, uh, the sweaters and all and whatnot. And Creature got him a present, too. Isn't that No, nice? probably not. It is a package of maggots. Nice. Mm, yummy. Um, but actually, it all turns out in the end because at lunch, Ginny plucks one of the maggots out of Harry's hair. Okay. And uh, and Harry's into it. Oh, nice, oh, sexy. Like, I was like, I was like, Harry, I was like, like, and they started a composting pile together. Yeah, it's like it's like she touched me. They Ew. like I think the. I think from the book, it's like Harry gets a shiver that has nothing to do with the maggot. <laughs> like, ugh. Uh, that's pretty brilliant, Fun. though. For, for Christmas this year, do y'all want me to send you a My Sweetheart necklace or maggots? Can you send me maggots I mean, wearing sweetheart necklaces? That's, that's pretty good. Um, probably the necklace, Yeah, Michael honestly. doesn't have as much hair to pick maggots out of. Hey, whoa, 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 wow. Sorry. Man, damn. That's cold as ice. I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. Um, How dare you? So at this point, so this point they're talking about Tonks and and how Mrs. Weasley wishes she was there. And she seems to be annoyed at Lupin for some reason, uh, even though it can't possibly be his fault. And then Harry asks about Tonks' Patronus changing, and Lupin says that a uh, shock or upheaval can actually do that. So that's weird. That's great. So if you got like a salmon or something like that, you you should just um, go out of your way to, to experience have something, something terrible very happen terrible. to you. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe it'll switch. Have fun, Abby. Um, Good luck. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. Remember before when I said Percy wasn't coming to Christmas? Yeah. That was not right, because Percy what? is here. Yeah, he shows up with the friggin' Minister of Magic, Ooh. just hanging out. And no one's like, no one's excited to see the Minister of Magic. I wouldn't be, ex- I, I mean, which, I wouldn't be excited if Trump just showed up in my apartment. It's like, it's such a weird small world. You would be, ex- like, you wouldn't be happy, but you would be like, Mad. holy shit, holy shit, Donald Trump's in I my apartment. I would kick him in the nards. Yeah, but like, but... Like Molly and uh, Arthur probably like have known Rufus for a while. Like they, they're such a small community that everybody yeah. probably just knows everybody. That's true. It's weird. Scrimjaw is like Percy just couldn't help but drop in. He wanted to see you so bad, and we were in the area. And this is all like an obvious lie because um, Percy does not want to be there at all. And, uh, and then Scrimjaw is like, uh, I'll let you have your family time. Maybe somebody can take me for a walk in the the, the garden. You boy. You random uh, person. Who I don't have you any seem idea. To have finished. You seem to have finished your dinner. And like no one is, is buying this at all. What is your name? Perry Otter? Perry Otter. <laughs> Everyone's beeholes audibly Be-hole. uh, clench. And... Uh, 
And they're like, okay, this is what is going on. This is the whole reason. Percy is here. And um, Harry's like, no, 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 I'm going to go. I'll go. And so he goes out with Scrimjaw. They go into the garden. And um, Scrimjaw tells Harry that he's wanted to meet him for a long time. But Dumbledore has been very protective of Mm. him. And then he's like hitting around. And Harry's like not giving him anything. Uh, And he's just like... You know, Scrimshaw's not really a people person, but he, he's trying his best. And so he's like, he wants to know, he's like, so you and Dumbledore talked about this whole chosen one thing? And Harry's like, yeah. And he's like, and about that? And Harry's like, it's between me and Dumbledore, bud. And uh, and Scrimshaw isn't, isn't too keen on that. Um, and he's like, well... But he is, he's like, actually, at this point, he's like, okay, okay, okay. So you don't have to tell me about that. But, you know, it is important for people to believe that there is a chosen one. That, you know, kind of a symbol of hope. And uh, and isn't it almost your duty to stand by the ministry and give everyone a boost? And Harry's like, uh, what? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you know, just drop into the ministry from time to time. And, then, and, and this is not going great for him. And then he really fucks up. And, uh, and he's like, Dolores Umbridge, who works for me and wasn't fired, for, even after torturing a lot of students, uh, says that you want to be an Auror and I can help with that. That's the and, wrong person to bring up, bro. <laughs> and Harry is like, uh, the ministry sucks. And eat my uh, fire. Why don't you let Stan Shunpike go? And then, and Scrimgeous all like, oh, that's his response. And Harry's like, <laughs> eat shit. And um, and so Scrimgeous seeing that things have gone completely south is like, where is Dumbledore going? What is he doing? And Harry's just like, eat shit, bro. I'm not gonna tell you anything. And uh, and so that's when. Scrimjaw calls Harry Dumbledore's man through and through. And Harry's hell like, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. He I slips am. on his sunglasses. He moonwalks out of and, it. And that's the end of the chapter. Interesting. So um, so my questions are mainly about sprouts and how do you peel them? Yeah, why would you peel a sprout? What's a sprout? What are you, like what a are Brussels you? sprout? Oh, maybe? I guess it must be a well, Brussels you need, sprout. You don't but need do you, a knife to peel it. You just need a knife to cut off the you, end of it. You peel a Brussels sprout? You cut off the end of it, and then you peel off the little leaves, but you don't peel it with the knife. Well, you don't have to peel, like, sometimes I will peel, like, cut the end, cut it in half, and then, like, the outside leaves that are, like, wrinkled or whatever. But I don't call it peeling Brussels sprouts, I just, like, I'm prepping them. And he has, like, a special sprout, and they call it a sprout knife. Sprout knife. I think it's alfalfa. It's alfalfa yeah, sprouts. And, how do you peel uh, those? And then, well, you just take off the outer layer. Is that what you do? <laughs> and he's just—it's a very small knife, <laughs> and he's just—and <laughs> it's I was really like, only sprouts are like grass. And it's really only just a thing that you make people do when do, you're trying to get out of them the kitchen, <laughs> out of your out of your hair. You just don't want to deal with them. You're like, go peel some sprouts. There's That's a legit like page on Harry Potter uh, wiki that talks about sprout knife. <laughs> is that what is that what came really? up yeah. when you Google sprout knife? Yeah, uh, it was the first one actually. I didn't even put it in <laughs> Harry Potter. It says it's referred to as a sprout's knife in the text, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a special knife designed designed for a specific purpose. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Although, in right. fairness, a paring knife. Is not used on just pears. 
It's also not spelled P-E-A-R, though. It's well, spelled P-A-R-I-N-G. Shut up. I don't care. <laughs> she got you there. Um, I like your attempt, my, though. I was trying. <laughs> my my real question is, how can Lupin not be mad at Snape? Yeah, I wouldn't, I would, even, even if I, even if, even if I supported Dumbledore, I wouldn't support Snape. I'd be like, Harry, I know he's a douche, but... We have to listen to Dumbledore right now because Dumbledore right. has our best interests at heart, even though Snape is human garbage. Like Snape outing outing Lupin is is one of the. I mean, he's done a lot of really bad things, but it's one of the worst things he's right, done. Right, but he's also he's also a Death Eater who, in some way, like tangentially contributed to. Basically, all of Lupin's friends died. No, thing but I'm done. just saying, like. I'm oh, adding yeah, to the list of grievances. Yeah. Like, right, tangentially right, responsible for all of his friends dying. It, it could just be the fact that he does, like, um, not like Lupin or Lupin Snape and does resent him from outing him, but he's like, I can't say these things to a child who already hates Snape and yeah. have to be professionals about it because they're all the order. I guess, but right. I still wouldn't be like, just if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's stupid. Um, that's my chapter. Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you, Michael. You're welcome. I was hoping Michael. this it says a very frosty Christmas. Not a single frosty was purchased or eaten the whole chapter. No. There was snow, but no frosties. They didn't go to Wendy's. That's their mistake. Have y'all ever have y'all ever dipped your fries in the frosty? Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's good. Oh, sorry. I don't know if it's, it's what, you're, what supposed you're supposed to, to do. do. Because the fries at Wendy's are not salty enough, and they need a little bit extra something. I have very strong opinions about all fast food French fries. Apparently, apparently, she's coming coming out swinging, Bajaya. I know. Uh, I learned uh, for the first time about it um, a few years ago, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, but you have to do it in the original Frosty, which is like a the original Frosty is like a chocolate vanilla combination, and then recently yeah. they did just vanilla, which. Not a frosty. Don't don't worry. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna not gonna dip my fries in. Have a you frosty. tried it? <laughs> yeah, I have tried it. I don't, it was not good. What? You're lying to me. I'm not. Lying. It's delicious. Anyway, y'all wanna go? Uh, do you wanna learn stuff about the history of magic in North America? I would love I to. Would. Let's go. But not from you, you frosty denier. So I was going to do the whole um, history of magic in North America from Pottermore in this episode, but I didn't realize until I looked at it that it was very long. So I'm going to divide it into separate episodes throughout the nice. season. Nice. Yeah, we don't, we don't want like a real wonderful. Professor Ben situation here where you, you literally yeah. die and your ghost keeps talking. Um, yeah, and I don't want to die. So, that would be hilarious. No, I don't want to die. But you do play a ghost on <laughs> That's true. Wintercrest, second Wintercrest plug of the day. Hey, guys. Um, so I'm going to tell you all, uh, the book, or the book, Pottermore is divided between like 14th, 17th centuries, and then 17th or like, I don't know, 19th or something, and then some other stuff. So today, I'm going to tell you about the 14th to 17th century. Um, so when the European explorers came to the new world when they first got here on the what is the mayflower i don't know um yes yes okay sorry 
Although, um, although the Mayflower was after the, were the Mayflower was oh, was no. after the colony of Jamestown. Yeah, sorry. Whenever Europeans came oh, yeah, over, we were here. wrong. It's like the Santa Maria. No, you are. I'm. D- I'm gonna punch you in the, the face. No, that's it's not Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Santa Maria. Man. That that was Christopher Columbus, and he went to. It was 1492. He he thought yeah. he was going to the West Indies, but he was wrong. So, anyway, the colony at Jamestown. No, he thought he was going. I thought he was going. He thought he got to India. Yes, but he got to. Where West Indies is, and that's why he called it. No, no, no. He thought no, he got to India, remember. and that's why he referred to them as Indians, and he was wrong. No, he's that's bad. True. We all agree he murdered he's bad. a lot of people. He has nothing to Have do with this ever, story. There was an episode of um, uh, South Park where he, they say 1492 when Columbus sailed the oceans blue, so the kids could get a day off school. <laughs> I don't know that last part, but I like <laughs> <All> it. <laughs> Um, Cartman says it. Anyway, so the Europeans came over here called the New World, but the wizards, the wizarding community had known about America long before the muggles came over here. What the frig? Why didn't they but tell also, us? But also so did the indigenous peoples. Right. So every nationality has their own term called muggle, and American community uses <laughs> the slang term of nomad. We've already talked about how much we yeah. hate it. So, because of the different uh, magical travel methods, like brooms and apparition, blah, blah, um, not to mention visions and premonitions, uh, it meant that the far-flung wizarding communities were in contact with each other from the Middle Ages, you guys. That's crazy. What? I know. So the, How is that possible? The Native American, I guess they flew a broom over here. Or could they, like, apparate? Do you think you could? Yeah, do you think you could flew like not in a fireplace, but in any fire? So if you had like an outdoor a like fire, yeah, well, yeah, like a longhouse. They always had fires burning in longhouses. Maybe. Just saying. Um, but you also have to set up the flu network. Yeah, but and I think when I when when I read the flu, uh, uh, the write up of flu powder in Pottermore, I think it didn't exist till like later oh. like it wasn't invented till later okay anyway so the native american magical community and those of europe and africa had they had known about each other for a long time before the no- immigration of the european nomads in the 17th century and then they were already aware of many similarities in between their communities oh, i don't know why they don't say asia in here why is it only native american mm. europe and africa Whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Asia's like the oldest, the oldest civilization on Earth. So maybe they're like, we all know that they were doing stuff. Because even even in like the 1400s, the like European settlers were aware of India and China and stuff. Yeah, they were aware that there were lots of people doing a lot of things way ahead of. I just, them. I just meant uh, I don't know why they don't mention like, it in this, this story. Article. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. They all the communities had the same similar kind of like makeup, like where um, certain families are definitely magical, um, and then there are also people that don't have magic, and there are certain families where magic just appears out of like nowhere, even though there had like been no witch or wizard in that family before. So, and the attitudes of no magic uh, is the same. 
like cross population and communities. It also says the overall ratio of wizards to non wizards seem consistent. Um, and then like uh, in the Native American, to like as now, no, like consistent uh, across the populations. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then the Native American community, uh, some witches and wizards were, like, accepted and even, like, lauded with their tribes, within their tribes, because they would gain reputations as, like, healers and medicine men or, like, really good hunters. And then there are other ones who, um, having magic was stigmatized because uh, they thought that uh, they possessed, they were possessed by malevolent spirits. Mm-hmm. So the le- legend of the Native American skinwalker, an evil witch or wizard that can transform into an animal, uh, was based on this fact. It's only like Native American animaguses, magi, animagi. And the legend was that they were had sacrificed uh, family members to gain the power of transformation. Ooh. Um, so a lot of the Native American animagus uh, people had to assume animal forms to escape prosecution or persecution and um, hunt from the or hunt or to hunt for the tribe. And uh, rumors like that uh, originated really from uh, no magic medicine men who would use like who would fake having magical powers and so they were like trying to um, blame other people for bad things. And then Native hmm. American wizarding community is particularly gifted in animal and plant magic mm. it, and their potions are particularly like sophisticated beyond what is known in Europe the biggest difference between magic practiced by the native americans and the wizards of europe is the absence of a wand. Magic wand originated in Europe, and then um, it also makes its effects more precise and more powerful, although it is generally held to be a mark of a very great witch or wizard that they have also been able to use the wandless magic of a high quality. Native American animagus uh, and potion oh, makers um, yeah, demonstrate wandless magic and can get, get, attain great complexity. But charms and transfiguration are very difficult without wand. Hmm. So that is hmm. 14 to 17. I remember when she wrote all this stuff about um, <coughs> Native American. Wait, she said this is this is 14 to 1700, you said? Yes. Is that all she wrote? 14, yes. That's but it. there's more, there's more like after, but yeah. I, I, it was, it was during this, I don't think it was when this came out, but it was definitely when the Ilver Morning stuff came out, how Ilver Morning was, um, created and there was like a pukwaji and like they talked about native american magic and uh people didn't like that she was commandeering native american culture in like writing mm. yeah. about them without really knowing about them yeah i'm sure she did some That's research fair. but probably not well it's interesting enough. like there's nothing in there about like which scares in the new world and like the witch trials which were happening in the 1600s so that's kind of interesting that that's not even mentioned no it's it's in that's the next point. it's in the next uh segment oh you oh, said 17th huh. century not yes. not 1700s so next, gotcha so, yeah okay. the next uh segment is going to be 17th century so 1600s to, to like present i don't think it's to present i think it's to um oh yeah i guess it says 17th century and beyond and then there's like two other things that she talks about Hmm. but the but the witch trials the witch trials part is the really long one right like i 
I can't well, do this. It's also <laughs> interesting though that she hasn't like she didn't talk about like the witch scares in England and that contributing. Like you would think that people would move to the U.S. or to the New World based on because they had like obviously that, she does talk. Uh, she does talk about that in oh. um the like w- the like origins of Ilva Morney. I think hmm. okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, that was happening in the 14 and 1500s in, in the UK, in, in England. They were, and they, they didn't just hang and smush people. They burned people there. Smush people? They did. They put them, they, like, stones. Poor Giles in, in I Salem. I mean, he got smooshed with stones. I mean, that's, smushing seems bad yeah, to me. Yeah, I would rather be hanged than smooshed. Yeah, I think I sold Sayer as um, the, one of the, uh, the girl that uh, left England or Ireland, I can't remember where she lived. Mm. Um, oh, and helped either form because it? she was, yeah, either she was, I think her, either her aunt was evil and was trying to do something. That's right. Or, or they were being persecuted, or maybe both, porque no los dos. Porque no los dos. Persecution <laughs> and evil ants. Yeah. Why not? There you go. That's um, the history of magic in North America, part one. Fascinating. Wow. I cannot wait for part Two. Thank you for sharing with us. You're Madara. welcome. I hope that there's an even bigger opening weekend for part two. There is. Awesome. Will be. It's going to be longer. And, and we get to talk about I the Salem witch trials, which are one of my faves. Yes. Not because it was because good. Because you like smushing them? No. I. She can't get I enough just smushing. can't get enough people smooshed. Isn't smushing also slang for sex? Probably, but I don't think they sexed Giles to death. That sounds much more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. is Mitch Cahill. Our artwork was done by Jesse Carlton and our music was done by Sean Fagan. I know you want to help us out, so why don't you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And also, send us an email so we can talk to you. You can do that by emailing us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com. Hey, I know you all want to keep talking to us, so find us on Twitter at potterpod. I'm Michael and you can find me at thirteenerd. I'm Sarah, and you can find me at Her Lady Tompkins. And I'm Bajaya, and you can find me at I Think Ninja. 